welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. We hope you enjoy the show and please feel free to leave us a review. It really does help. Feel free to connect with us on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram or head over to www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk or our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast. Welcome, welcome, Jenny. Hello. Hi, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've worked with Jenny for nine years. So Jenny worked, um, to start off with, you did protection and wills, right, just to start? That's correct, yes. Yeah. And then she started doing, um, as well as, um, I was doing a lot of mortgages back then. That's probably close to 2015. And you started doing administration. So you looked after all of my mortgage applications and and you, you became very good at it. So you started then take your CMAP exams and then you became a quali- qualified mortgage broker. How long ago was that? A long time ago, 2015. 16 yeah I think it was around 16 something like that. long time so you've sort of you've, you've, you've obviously what eight years now doing mortgages or something like that maybe not seven years doing mortgages roughly yeah roughly. okay a lifetime not... ago it feels like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean I I before I probably haven't done mortgages for that long because Jenny is my mortgage broker she works um with myself in as a regulated financial I'm a financial advisor Jenny's a mortgage advisor under Evolution Financial Planning, which is a regulated um, company. Obviously, this podcast is just us chatting. We're not giving regulated advice at all. Um, so you do need to get one-to-one bespoke advice from a qualified mortgage advisor um, to, to, to really understand your personal circumstances. Um, but the purpose of today's uh, podcast is to share Jenny's brain and what's going on in the mortgage market right now. And um, because we read about it, we hear about it. But what's really happening, what's happening under the bonnet, what's really happening in day to day business. And I thought I'd invite Jenny on. So um, Jenny also does protection. So things like um, mortgage protection and business insurances around, like, for example, the equivalent of death in service of work. If you you work for a bit, if you've got a business, you can take out your own equivalent of death in service and also things like income protection, which I do as well. Um, and also Jenny also, um, which I don't any longer, um, do, do more, uh, not mortgages, sorry, wills. Um, nice. So she's also a lovely will writer. And I would say Jenny's skill is um, she is very direct, which I appreciate personally. And I think clients do too. You don't really in these kind of circumstances want to be messed about and told one thing and then another. But with that, I would say that she's very detailed and direct. So she won't give you an answer unless she knows she's right. So unless she knows exactly about all the detail, she won't really give you an answer. Um, now that that can be of to a benefit. I, and I personally, I'd rather clients not be messed about and not told one thing and then told another. Definitely. Under promise of a deliver, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Jenny's going to share a little bit about what's been going on. Um, do you think this year has been unusual, Jen? It has definitely, and it's not finished. I mean, it is, it's a difficult one because when, for example, I've got a lot of clients who say to me, right, what do we do? What is it going to be like in two years or five year time? I haven't got a crystal ball. I can't tell you. And if anything, this year I showed us that you can't plan what's going to happen in a few years time. So I always think do for the now, don't think about later because everything can change last year everybody say was we're saying yes the rates are going to go back down this year and I was like well it's not guaranteed no one really knows you know with inflation with everything that's going on at the moment uh, with everything else around us it, you know so yeah it's definitely this year since more so over the past few months since the last uh couple of uh, Bank of England increase it's just gone a bit crazy we've had a bit of a yeah well, I'm gonna. Well, I'm gonna say if you if you're not ready to proceed now, um, I wouldn't bother looking for a mortgage because tomorrow it might all be different. We don't know. But a lot of people, and I do agree with you because when you're submitting a mortgage application, we should clarify this. 
as you can imagine, you need to know an awful lot of information. So I, I, as a financial advisor, I need to give people the right advice, yeah. but it's not like if I say, okay, we're going to do a pension and we're going to set up that pension. I don't actually need a lot of documentation. I need to confirm under, you know, make sure the client is who they say they are. I need to make sure from a money laundering perspective that the money is, you know, what we class as good, clean money. Um, but in terms of the actual application and setting it up, yes, we have to make sure it's right for the client. But all we're doing is taking their name, their address, their date of birth and a few other basic details and applying that to, let's say, Aviva and submitting an application. And we would have that basic information. You can have that when you fill out an inquiry form, half of it. Um, whereas with a mortgage, you need to even, I mean, at one point, I remember like when affordability came into place years ago and there was talk about, you know, knowing what you, when you go out for dinner, what type of steak you have, like the detail of what affordability people wanted. And it's, it's not quite as detailed as what they thought it was going to be like, but it's people, you need to know a lot, right, Jen, to yeah. do the application. You do need to understand the whole thing. So you're saying... If you know, you might want to know what your rates are going to be in like three or four months' time, but until it's actually time to do this, there's there's no there's no point. Well, the, the thing is, you can lock in a rate now. So if you've got if your mortgage is due to end within the next six months, for example, we can quite easily lock in a rate. Obviously, we can do the application, submit it to not start up until the, the current rate runs out. So that there is the option there. Well, I would say if your remortgage is due within the next six months, let's have a look at it now because you can save that rate. You know, as long as the application is fully submitted, obviously, you can say, right, okay. And, and that applies to most lenders, right? Does that, 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 that's not just one or two lenders that do that? Is that all lenders? Uh, most of them. So some of them will say three months, uh, but usually, yeah, it is up to six months. So an offer is valid six months. So you can, you know, there's, there, there's no wrong. If someone's way. worried about interest rates in the future, that could be a good way to avoid that stress, right? They could lock in rates now. Definitely. That's what I normally do. So all my clients are contacted six months before. Obviously, some of them are not going to do anything until five months before. But then I chase them. I follow up with them to say, right, we need to do this now. It's I, I worry a lot about my clients rate. And obviously, I want them to get the best rate. So we say if we manage to save a rate now and if in two months before, three months before the rate goes down, I always go back to them, and say, right, Let's see if we can switch rate and to see if it's because it's reduced now, which is the best way of doing it. And if the yeah. rates increase, we're not losing out on anything. We've already locked in a rate anyway. So I've done that a few times over the past couple of years because obviously all the rates have been going up and down and up and down. <laughs> you know, well, the, the lenders do increase the rates um, above what it should be because obviously they plan and don't want to lose out. Mm. but some of the rates do come down after a while not by much mind you but it's still you know it, it can happen so what do people need to be okay so their rate not but might not be maturing so we're now on the this we're recording this on the 5th of june this will go out next week so it's, so it's going to be mid-june so we've got july august september october november december so their rate might be coming up at any point this year then they obviously can approach you or a broker you might have your own local broker you've been before we're not saying exclusively use us but yeah hey come and see us <laughs> of course um what would they need to make that as like to be prepared for it so let's just say okay well they don't want to necessarily do it right now they'll wait a few weeks see how land rates land now because they're changing a lot or they might say actually oh panic are they going to go up let's go and secure these rates now what do they need to be ready Right. So they need to gather all the documents. So sometimes clients think, right, that's a lot, lot of documents. But the way I work, I ask, I might ask more documents. That's what's required. But that helps me to avoid in contacting them every five minutes. Oh, what, what's this for? What's that for? So, yeah, as a standard, we'll need bank statements of three months, um, tax calculation, tax year overview, um, ideally latest 20 to 23 if that's been done if they obviously if their income is higher we'll need uh id so passport driving license we'll need pay slips if they're employed three months pay slips uh we'll need uh proof of address so a bill council tax or utility bill 
and then obviously any extra documents depending on their circumstances. So if they if they gain benefits, we'll need uh, the awards for that. If they are uh, from a, another country, we'll potentially need a residency card and visa that goes with that and everything else, you know, which might be required. So as a basic, this is what we'll need. But obviously there is all these extra little bits we might potentially sure. need as well. Yeah, and they might have like two or three different bank accounts with money going into different places. Right? So we've got, my husband's got a job, an account, I've got an account, we both get paid, but our direct debits come out of another joint account. So you might end up needing three lots of bank statements yeah. um, from, from different, but yeah. And obviously if they're self-employed, they might have income or a limited company, they might have then a limited company business account. And you're obviously then would require three months would you require three months bank statements for the business as well yeah yeah everything uh, the more the more I get the better it is at the end of the day because it it allows me to look at the uh, their circumstances overall and make a decision obviously if, if I've got documents missing I, I can't make a decision with, without having a look at every single bits of documents yeah. so the it, more... it saves time right because that way if you go to you submit the application um, you know that their lender is going to ask you for certain things and you don't know if they're going to ask, oh, I think I asked that joint account bank, bank statement, for example. And then it goes to the underwriter. They're looking at the case. They haven't got it or they ask you for it. And it takes you another three or four days to get it back to them. That's another delay. Yeah. But sometimes if you if you can get it in quickly enough and they ask for it, you don't always give them everything they need straight away, do you, Jen? No. <laughs> sometimes you don't give them everything. You give them what they ask for. And then if they ask for something extra and you've got it quickly, they will then pick it up often a lot quicker because it's fresh in their brain. Um, rather than going back into like the end of the queue and sort of the queue starts exactly yeah. it speeds up the process so much and we should talk about lenders a little bit so what's what are they like to deal with at the moment in terms of application processes so some of them are good some of them not so good I won't mention any names <laughs> but um, usually I mean I've got I've, I form a kind of uh, relationship with some of the underwriters and BDMs so certain lenders are really good because you can just pick up the phone call the bdm say i need help can you support me yes no problem and i've you know it, it makes it so much easier for me doing my job if you, if i've got that relationship um same for underwriters some of them will call you they say right we're missing like you just said uh bits of document can you send that out I'm like yeah straight away and then you can work on it with, to avoid delays and then obviously hopefully issue an offer after they've checked everything and I mean what's your average time to turn around from application to offer do you think uh on a good case average case or a worst case <laughs> average between <laughs> the two okay uh about I would say three weeks on the obviously okay. thing that's going on roughly about three weeks obviously some of them are faster and some of them are longer uh, they need evaluation though right because they do a des desktop valuation which is where they do an assumptive valuation and um, that'd be much quicker yes yes so not all of them do that uh obviously with the way the housing market's going at the moment uh, although i haven't found that the house pricing has gone down too much but still there's a bit of a difference so if the lender decide yeah we'll, we'll, we'll go and check out this property then yeah it will take a bit longer because they don't the lender don't actually do the valuation themselves they, they appoint a company to do it for them so depending on how much work that company's has got then it might take yeah. slightly longer yeah and it depends on the area as well doesn't it because some does. areas are busier than others etc and they might have like summer holidays it will slow down and get more difficult because then people are on holiday and it, yeah so you're, you're, you're a lot of things are out of your control what would you say is the benefit going to a broker or intermediary like you've just described where you you're dealing with you know in, we're independent some are what we class whole of market so I'd explain the difference independent means that you're not restricted in any way so you can go to anybody and I'm talking to Jen like she like Jen knows this I'm obviously explaining <laughs> <laughs> um, but whole of market you can call yourself whole of market but actually that means you can work off at quite a restrictive panel or you might have a lender panel that's quite quite healthy you might have like 25 30 lenders on it which you know if you're dealing with all the what would you say are the top five top 10 lenders Jim Halifax Santander Coventry HSBC yeah I called um, yeah Barclays yeah <laughs> 
at six yeah <laughs> I've always avoided them I'm like 23 years in financial services and I avoid Barclays oh yeah no comments <laughs> yeah um, I, I'm, I'm this is my podcast I don't care if I get in trouble um <laughs> that wasn't that would be seven eight and nine and ten after that uh principality you've got uh, a few of them have been very good I mean I've gone off track a bit and not used a standard uh you, you get uh nationwide I used to use nationwide, nationwide. NatWest yeah NatWest yeah NatWest um one more oh did I say I called um yes. BM uh, yeah Birmingham yeah. old school yeah. definitely yeah. So um, whereas if you if you've got those sort of tech lenders, then if you are on a panel, then you can always check with that whole of market broker how big their panel is and who it involves. Yeah. Because you unless you're you get the odd really obscure one, like I'm buying a second house, going to rent it out for my nan to live in kind of <laughs> weird, like slightly more unusual. And then you might need to go off piece or I started my business and I've only got one year's accounts. Like they, they will take different kind of lenders, which is yeah. why if you go to a broker, you are, you're, be- you're better off because you're not having to have all the credit scores and give all the information over to several different companies. You're giving it obviously to one person, which will save you time. Jen, do you hear from clients these days how existing, we're talking about lenders, but have you found... Um, what are clients saying about uh, their own lenders these days? Are, are they sort of quite good at servicing their existing clients when it comes to like remortgaging and giving new deals? Um, how how are they looking after them? So some of them are, some of them not so good because obviously between the time you got your mortgage and the time you need to remortgage, your circumstances might have changed slightly. And obviously at the moment, the criteria is tightened up. So even if you need to remortgage and you go to your lender, you might not potentially get the rate or the mortgage that you want so you've got to be very mindful so it's always worth if somebody's with somebody with a current mortgage and I always tell them go and ask them and if you don't want to ask them or you can't let me do it for you because I can do that as well as long as I've got authority I can access those deal and tell you right okay I think we should either stick with them or move to someone else which you know sometimes at the moment, um, there were some good rates, but obviously now it might be better to ditch and go to another lender because the, the main 10 might not have the best rates at the moment. Looking at, I was looking at this this morning. Yes, yeah, it's, it's funny. Some of the lenders are just from, you know, smaller lenders are popping up at the top at the moment, which is surprising. But, you know, obviously this is today's rate. It might be different tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, exactly. I think, well, what happened last week is a lot of the big boys have pulled their rates, right? Because they just what they wanted. They, they, and that's sort of what happened uh, with, uh, when was it? Was it Liz Trust last year where they pulled a load of rates? It was, it yeah. Was a massive scare in the market because there was hardly any the lending drop because there wasn't enough. And, and they do this. This is not unusual. This has happened yeah. for years where they pull the rates and um, they're then trying to figure it out. Okay, well, what's our next move? Because <laughs> yeah. they, they don't really want to set the rates and then have to change them again a week later. They don't really want to do that. And they have tranches of so many billion that they will lend a certain amount. And um, so they want that tranche to, to sort of, to, to, you know, that's, that's how they, they, how they function and how they run their business. Um, so if a client, let's just say they're with an existing lender, like one of the 10 we mentioned, Halifax, Nationwide, HSBC, NatWest, Santander, whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they know that their mortgage is coming up maybe in like four or five months time. They've not had a letter or been told anything yet. Their circumstances haven't changed in the last two to five years. Um, what should should they ordinarily, would they just normally ring up their lender? Are they able to do a lot? Of, I, mean, I know a lot of lenders now because of regulation, they don't give advice. You still have to then That's go. That's correct. I found this with, my, with Santander, who I bank with. They wouldn't talk to me over the phone. They'd only see me in a branch. And like they'd only seen me in a particular branch, which was miles away, because that was the only branch they had an advisor. It was not something to do with mortgages, obviously, because I could do, figure that out myself. And I have Jen. Um, but um, is that, and they could only see me like two o'clock on a Friday. It was like, is that still happening? Yeah, yeah, it is. So if you want to talk about your current mortgage with your current lender, 
Um, you call them, you might not have an appointment straight away. It might be within three, four weeks time. By then the rates might have changed. And like you said, they're not going to give you any advice. You need to see a specific, you need to speak to somebody specifically about the mortgage, not yeah. when you first call up. So it'll be an advisor there that will obviously say, right, okay, I will speak to you in three, four weeks. Let's put this appointment. It might not be face-to-face, -face, mind you, now, but still, uh, yeah, it can take quite a while where, in the meantime, all the rates could be different. So it's always worth contacting a broker or me and ask, mm -hmm. right, okay, can you have a look at that, see what the rate could look like? I give you authority to check um, the account, and we can do it straight away. Um, yeah. So if you've got time and you don't want to speak to another broker, you don't want to... You just want to go to existing lender, which is fine if that's what you want to do. Um, then do it well in advance, right? Yeah. And yeah, be organised. Um, yeah, sure. definitely. So let's come back to um, mortgage interest rates. So there's been a lot of stuff in the news recently. I've been sending you articles, and I've forgotten half of it, if I'm honest, because it's Monday morning and I went out at the weekend. <laughs> My brain's slightly smudged, but one, <laughs> I, I actually went out for a change. It never happens. But there was one that. Um, that I, I thought were was interesting it only came out when did I send this to you I think it was only on Friday um London to be hit this was uh, the evening standard the London to be hit by 1.4 billion mortgage time bomb interest rates hike will mean homeowners face bigger bills as cheap fixed deals expire yep. so um so this is basically saying that 1.4 billion mortgage uh, deals over the next three years are going to be forced to replace cheap fixed deals with far more expensive loans. Well, I think that's, everyone knows this is what's coming. And I remember back when I was doing mortgages, which was about five or six years ago, and people were taking out fixed rates really, really, really low and overextending themselves. And we have to, on our illustrations, it says, if mortgage interest rates went up by 1%, this is how much it will cost you. And I used to say to clients, okay, well, if it, it went up to 1%, is that comfortable? And they go, oh, yeah, I could probably cope that. I said, what if that was two or three times that? Could you cope that? Because there was a point where interest rates were 15%. Yeah. Oh, no, I couldn't afford 15%, but I could probably go to like two or 3%. I'm like, but it could quite easily go to 5% and look at where we are now, right? Yeah. With the bank, bank base rate. Um, so are you are you finding that, um, do you think people are going to be like quite sure in over the next, this year? Do you think people are going to start struggling? It is going to be difficult. I mean, it, obviously, I haven't got a crystal ball, so I can't really say. But I think with careful planning, if you plan early, certainly I would. Uh, if you can look at your mortgage now, I would definitely do it. If you're on the variable, because some of them, it's funny, it's a couple of clients spoken to are currently on the variable. And I'm thinking, well, let's have a look and fix it now if we can, you know, look for a suitable mortgage, but some of them can't move their mortgage. It's it's a difficult time for sure. But yeah, I mean, the, the Bank of England, um, they're predicting that it might go up again in June on the 22nd. Yeah. Uh, and then by next year, I think if they said it'll be about 5.5%. So the way the lenders work on that is they will pull out all their current product, put new products out that are way more, uh, way higher than what, you know, um, the prediction is. And then they realize that a few weeks later and then the products come down again slightly. So it's, it's a bit of up and down. So if, if you can look at your mortgage now, yeah, have a look because obviously no one knows what's going to happen but yeah it's predicted to go up with inflation that everything it's not just mortgages but everything isn't it yeah so plan a bit if you can put a bit of side every month do it as well if you can pay a chunk of your mortgage to reduce the mortgage do it as well I know it might not be easy for some people I understand that so but if you can you know reduce your mortgage and reduce the loan to value because the, the the lower the loan to value the better the rate as well the higher the loan to value and that's something to consider right so if you had a client who was I don't know let's try and think of some figures here let's I've got really I've got figures here if you want okay give me some examples right. okay so, so this is up today's date yes yeah? so tomorrow yeah. it could all be different so, <laughs> yeah. I probably will so it's this one is on a residential. So it's one of my clients due to a mortgage uh, beginning of next year. So two years ago, we got a mortgage. It was a two-year fix. It was a res resi, 30-year term. It's residential for those that aren't in the jargon. Resi oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the rate back then was 1.19, right? Lovely. 
the monthly payments was, uh, well, is currently £843 on the repayment. Okay, how so, much was that for, sorry? £255,000. Okay, over how long? 30 years. 30 years, okay, yeah. It, yeah. Was, a, it was a 44 uh, loan-to-value, so the difference between the purchase price and the current mortgage. So I mean, that's nothing, isn't it? Like, that you wouldn't be paying low. rent. Like, that's really low. You would it be what's that, like a two or three bed somewhere. Like, what would you be paying in rent? Probably more like 1,400, like twice that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. definitely. Well, yeah, it's in London, so, yeah, a bit more than that. Um, the, the, okay. The, okay. Well, the client did, uh, they decided to put uh, as much deposit down as they could to get a lower mortgage. So it was okay. the best move for them, definitely. So uh, you ready for this? So uh, today's date, two-year fix, is now 419 so their monthly uh, repayments are going to go up to £1,245, roughly. Wow. That's a 28-year term now. Yeah. We've got 28 years left, still, but probably only paid off, usually it's about an average of 8%. And it's the, the way the repayment mortgages work, you actually pay, don't pay off that much in the first, in that 30-year period. It probably take you about 12 years before you start seeing big chunks come yeah. off it. It's almost like a front loading the way it, it, it pulls down and it's in the latter 10 years you see big chunks come off. So generally Ron was talking about loan to value. So what loan to value product is that, Jen? Is, a is it the same loan to value as what it was two years ago? Uh, so I've kept it. Obviously, I did a quick search on this. So I kept it. It's 44 loan to value. So that that I've used the current amount so to keep it simple. Yeah. Okay, so, so that's quite low. So most tranches go up to 60%, don't they? So they're the, yeah. every lender will be, you can tell me if this has changed because this is like... No, no, no that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, that's our correct. old goal was um, up to about maybe 55, 60%. Most lenders will keep the rate the same. Um, you don't only benefit if you've got a 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%. It's only once you start dipping into six, up to 65 and then the 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, or if you're lucky, 95, that then that's when the rate starts to jump up. Correct. So in that example, if she paid 10 grand off, it wouldn't make any difference to the rate, but obviously it could make a difference to the monthly payments. That's um, because they've taken, they're not borrowing as much. Yeah. Would you be saying to someone like that, if they said, I really can't afford it, I'm going to really struggle, would you suggest putting the mortgage term back out again, up to a 30 or 35 year if they have to? Uh, potentially, yes, although I would want to see all the documents and make a, a decision based on the information that I've got, because sometimes like, oh, I can't do it. But when we look in, for example, if you're going to spend £500 every month going out, I would potentially tell you, well, you know, ideally you want to be mortgage free. So stop going out. Not in so many words, maybe, but stop yeah. going out, spending £500 on clothes and going out. Try to put a bit aside. And when we remortgage, let's reduce this mortgage, even if it's a few thousand. And also, you got to remember, most lenders will allow 10% a year. So if you can manage to put aside and pay 10% of your mortgage yearly, then you know that will reduce the mortgage come remortgage re as well. That's a big so. difference. That di that if you if you start doing that now, and and you know that would be the situation where, unfortunately, um, the society that we live live in, we're taught to overspend basically. And I know this doesn't help people who have taken out big mortgages. It doesn't really help the fact that you know both usually we've got couples that are both having to work now because they need it to buy the bigger like get a nice enough house because property prices are so high. Um, bear with me. I'm gonna. Have, I'm not gonna bother editing this. I've got to let the dog in. One sec. <laughs> he won't stop. Come on, you. I'll get back to my, I don't know if you can hear it on the mic, but it's like this little tapping and he's just such an old boy now. I know. Hello. Yes, he's back. Um, what was I saying? Yeah. So um, I used to, yeah, I, I used to say to people, you, you know, try and get yourself in a situation where, I mean, I see this on the school run, the cars, the size of the cars that people have these days. I get a rust bucket and run it down to the ground. I'm not really bothered about cars, but I do spend what I spend on horses like would make people cry um so it's all relative right I can't I'm not judging yeah, um, but if you're gonna go out and spend you know 
you've got a car loan that's five or six hundred pound a month it might you might just have to make some bigger other financial decisions right because paying that mortgage over a longer period of time it's going to call chuck cars you're going to be charged more interest so it's not actually good financial advice to do you'd be better off selling the car that's probably held value more than it ever has done cars are holding their value if you've got a good one more than they ever have done unless you bought brand new and you've only bought it like six months ago and you (laughs) paid all the tax on it Um, unless you did that um but you'd be set to sell that car downgrade the car and actually have that as like whatever the extra is on the mortgage that you now can't afford that you use that money to sort of like give you an extra income over the next few years um, and you don't drive as, as flash a car and I know that sounds might sound just trying to give like an example where you just might have to make adjustments yeah yeah no definitely I mean you know if you say I know people use Starbucks as a good example if you buy a coffee at Dan Starbucks daily then that's something you want to cut back on and just get yourself a coffee at home. There's all these little things that I'll be looking at and talk with the clients. Obviously, you know, at the end of the day, the the ultimate decision is theirs. Like I said to them, you know, I'm just here to support you and guide you. But at the end of the day, if you tomorrow tell me, I don't don't care, I want to extend the mortgage, I'll be like, okay, fine. Although you've been made aware that potentially we could look at different solutions, which is fine, you know, but as long as you know, then that, that's okay by me. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like we could go off on lots of different tangents. I just want to, I want to, I want to talk about debt, debt consolidation. Yeah. Um, before I do that, I just want to come back to about interest rates and then we sort of can finish that side of the subject before we move on to debt consolidation and a little bit more about criteria. Um, and if you've got maybe some other examples to share, that'd be great. If you haven't, that's yeah. fine. Um, but there was a piece in the Sky News. This was the tw- Friday, the 26th of May. Mortgage products have been pulled from the market, which is what you've been saying. This was last week. So you were feeling it, and it was happening in real life last week. And then the, the Sky News reported it on Friday. Um, pulled from the market is paying mini budget era interest rates on bonds as the market uh, expects rates to go higher than previously thought. So what was going on last week is the bond market is having a bit of a, a bit of turmoil at the moment. Um, and that is what's causing um, a little bit of um, not like just the lack of confidence, I guess. And then what also happened last week is inflation was reported down overall um, and for household bills, it was down. But the core inflation, which is things like um restaurants eating out hotels that kind of stuff Mm. uh, was actually higher and that spooked the market a little bit because they everyone's sort of predicts what's going to happen although we talk about you can never predict it you haven't got a crystal ball there's no point predicting it that's actually what happens in the in the city constantly when it comes to buying decisions um in the stock market etc etc so um what then happened was is that then the lenders um, was expecting bank based rate to go up again. So, and then what was happening then in the, the bond market, which is basically what banks um, lend money to each other. So it's all it's all relative to the mortgage market. That's how it's linked. Then started to remove their interest rates. So Nationwide has interest rates on new year fixed rate will rise by 0.45 points. The following moves to such lenders, Halifax, Santander, Atom Bank, up their rates but um by 0.2 this week there's also fewer mortgages on the market for prospective borrowers according to the financial information company Manifax, there's been a 30 a drop of 38 mortgage products across thursday and friday the worst is yet to come the group said as other lenders may do the same when lenders withdraw mortgage products it can be a reaction on interest rate volatility and even down to demand however withdrawals might influence other lenders to follow suit and reconsider their own propositions the average two-year fixed-rate mortgages are now 5.35 and 5.02, respectively, according to MoneyFacts data. That was literally what you were living last week, right? Yeah, Jeff? yeah, definitely. I mean, rates rates are going to come back out. You know, it's a new week. I think we've got to take it week by week at the moment. Rates are going to come back out. Yes, they might be a bit higher, but then potentially, let's wait and see what happens in a couple of weeks. They might still go down slightly because that's what they do. They push the rates up and then they think, oh, no, hang on. No, no, that's not right. Let's put them down a little bit, especially if they need more borrowers. 
that's the way it worked. The more, if you don't want any borrowers, you would increase your rate to stop, obviously, um, the flow. If you need more borrowers, you reduce the rate to increase the number of, of people coming to you. So we just... And, and we can swap, right? So if the client's got an application with a particular lender, let's say nationwide, and then nationwide in the process of the application, and it's with the underwriter or it's at valuation stage, they change their product chance, you can switch it, right? Well, the product, yes, you yeah, can. Yeah. yeah, not with every lender. It's easier right. with some than others, but usually I will always contact the lender and say, listen, um, the, the rate right. has gone down. Can we change it? Um, I did this a few times over the years, and you've got to keep up with it, thinking, okay, well, might as well the client benefit. If the rate's going down slightly, let's do that because, you know, yeah. it takes a phone call or, you know, sometimes a bit longer. But yeah, I always try, obviously, if I can get benefit from the rate for the client, I will do it. But really, mortgages overall, they haven't changed over the years. That So much of it stays the same. It doesn't really change. It's only while we've got this volatility in the mortgage market in terms of interest rates. This time next year, let's just talk ahead a little bit about rates. So I I predict, um, and this is a, it's a prediction, right? We talk about you, you shouldn't really predict it, but who knows what's going to happen. I think bank base rate will go up again next month. Um, because core inflation is still this month you mean this, this month. month yeah, yeah this month sorry um I don't know if they will put it up again over the summer they don't tend to do that they, they did last year they did last year did they I was on holiday and, and a client called me panicking <laughs> like quickly okay let's do this I was you know by the pool I mean uh, uh, <laughs> just yeah we we got there in the end but yeah no they did last year yeah I remember because yeah, I, it was I've got to be honest and I do not miss being a water <laughs> I do not miss it's it a, it's a lot to think about for sure it's criteria has changed tight they tightened the criteria the affordability test affordability test has tightened it, yeah it's but you know, it's a challenge. But I do, I do enjoy. I mean, we, we do charge a fee, you know. Just to mention, I know some brokers don't. Ninety-five percent do. I know one lady that doesn't. Um, but personally, the amount of effort and work and time that goes into it, and we don't tend to be. Uh, we're, we're probably quite here. We're sort of a bit more bespoke, a little bit more hands-on. And that's not to say that others aren't, but we, it, we, because we charge a fee, we don't necessarily have to be doing 20 or 30 applications every month. We tend to try and like maybe only do 10, not 10 to 15 just to make sure that we've got time to look after everybody because it is really, really intense. Um, Definitely. And, and also some brokers that I know out there, once they've put the offer out, say, all right, client, I've done everything for you. Now, you know, get on with it. And yeah they don't help with the solicitors where i'm here until they get their key or the mortgage is completed because especially with solicitors now lately i found that it's a lot more difficult and i do get clients contacting me say oh my solicitor's not playing ball or can you support with this no problem and here i go and you know, thank you so, you know, <laughs> i'm talking so well <laughs> so no, yeah, lovely no. to hear and i know so passionate you are about looking after people so let's let's um let's finish the conversation about interest rates and then move on to debt consolidation so yeah. interest rate wise let's just say we're going to have it could go up again later on in the year we're going to argue if it's going to go up over the summer or not it could happen it could not let's just say bank base rate goes up so we're thinking it's going to be probably 5.5 by um this next month. year beginning no 5.5 will be by the, by the end of this year yeah. by beginning yeah. of next year yeah beginning of next year so we're, yeah and i would um i would probably yeah i would probably say it's going to be closer towards the end of this year depends on how if, if how much the markets react to the core inflation that yes. is the, the biggest element so anybody that's really got a mortgage cut, cut happening in the next sort of six months really because that's the end of this year they should be looking to do it way ahead right so they can fix some something in sooner and it, you don't necessarily need to go ahead with it because you could like you described before you can change it um but people moving house they're obviously there's a lot there's a lot of unknown there especially if they're upgrading and they're taking out more debt then it's good to have a chat with somebody like yourself right because you can let them know what to expect of what maybe that interest rate might look like yeah and if they can afford it or not yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's always worth 
sorry my screen's beeping <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's always worth yeah considering look at your options now like you just said you don't have to go ahead with it but at least you you're starting to look around and th this is the advice i give that's the reason why i contact everyone six months before because we know it's not going to happen within six months but it will give us a month to actually lay down get all the documents have a talk see what what's going to happen and then plan from there so yeah, yeah regardless yeah plan now and ahead get the documents yeah. ready and have a chat with somebody and have a chat with Jen so we can um yeah we can be ready and prepared and if there's something that you've got going on whether it's like a car loan or um you know there's there's a, a pay rise that's coming or you can then sort of um you, we, we can take that into account and say okay well, when this happens this is what your situation will be you know be like so we can look at the whole picture so just just before we finish up and wrap up for today and um, um let's just talk about debt consolidation so there may be people that have got those car loans that I described or they've done some work to the house or uh, maybe their income dropped over COVID and they took out a loan or they took some, they got debt on their credit card. It might be the cost of living has, you know, increased their outgoings and they've put a little bit more on the credit card. I've certainly, our local big shopping centre is Blue Water. Um, and I, I, it doesn't feel like there's been a cost of living crisis based no, on how many doesn't, people does it? No. Why they go out shopping and and I, I, you know, just to take the kids to the cinema these days is like a fifty to a hundred pound, you know, not even can't even call that a day out, can you? Because it's just a couple of hours to the cinema. Um, so people might have been overspending. You know, we had a difficult few years. It's not, it's not unfair to, to, you know, we use money in such a like psychological way. Um, to support us um well how can the mortgage come into place so obviously taking out more debt against the property is not always the greatest idea but some people will need to be able to have a break somehow right you know interest rates are rising they might already be in a pickle when what are good circumstances and what are bad circumstances when it comes to when you would or you wouldn't remortgage and debt consolidate well, it would depend on the, what you're paying now. So if you've got credit card with 12.1%, I'm just speculating uh, on it, but your mortgage is going to be 4%, although you've got to be mindful because you, you're taking a loan out on a longer term. But if you want to alleviate the monthly repayments, which might need more with your credit card or line or whichever, might be worth considering adding it to the mortgage. It's only going to be what, maybe let's say £50 extra a month, but it's over a longer term. So there's a... I mean, it's difficult to, to to predict because every client's circumstances are different. And I think I can't really generalize and say, right, this is what we should do. I would need to look at the case overall, look at the client's circumstances, see what kind of debt they've got, see how we can potentially reduce that debt, see if we could potentially add it to the mortgage or if not. If it's affordable, um, uh, with the mortgage alongside it, I would say, right, okay, you, you meant to finish. If it's a loan, two years, you've got two years. There's no point if we can do it, add it to the mortgage. If the lender's going to allow it, pay off, you know, with your mortgage, keep your mortgage as it is and pay off your loan separately because you, you're going to pay more over the longer term. But sometimes it's not possible. So yeah. it is, there's a very fine line up to what to do, what's right and wrong until you've looked at the whole picture. You can't really planet can you most person no exactly that and I totally agree if you've got like two maybe three years left on a personal loan then what happens with personal loans just to explain to people not to Jen because Jen knows this I described earlier on about um, mortgages being slightly front-loaded um, but with personal loans um, not so much car loans they're slightly different because some of them have balloon payments is, yeah. most loans traditionally are what we call front-loaded so basically all the interest is added first and then actually, by the time you're two or three years in, you've cleared all the interest and then you're paying just capital back. So then if you're going to take that debt of a loan and put more interest on it and add it to your mortgage, you're effectively doubling up your interest debt. And where I what I used to do a lot of debt consolidation is actually when not when they have one or two credit cards, often you end up saying to them, look, just go and apply for another one. Um, put them on to zero percent yeah definitely organize it manage it and you know set, uh, increase the monthly amount to let's just say you get an 18 month zero percent fixed rate and you've got I don't know not not a huge amount might be like four five six grand something like that kind of figure divide that by 18 months 
and pay it off. Like imagine it's a loan at zero percent finance. That's how you've got to view it and stop using them. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first. Yeah. That's um, the advice. Yeah. And that, sure. the, 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 it doesn't matter what it takes. Just stop using them. Um, if it means you have to get a second job, or you have to send it, you know, stop giving your teenagers so much pocket money. Like make other decisions. Um, don't get more debt. Um, but it's when someone's got maybe three, four, five, six credit cards. That's when you get into a spiral because um, there's a ratio rule on your credit file. If you get a copy of your credit file, that basically um, once you've had so many credit cards and the cap, the, the limit on each of them are maxed out, you, you'll find it very, very difficult to then get another credit card. Or so a mortgage. Or a mortgage, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, you don't want to be in a situation where you've got like six credit cards all on 18.9% yeah. and you can't move them anywhere. You're checkmate. You, yeah. you, you know, unless you are literally going to win the lottery, borrow, borrow a loan from a family member, you know, you've got to think ahead. You can't bury, bury your head. So I used to end up doing a lot of those kind of debt consolidations, um, which really gave people breathing space to clear those credit cards not to have much stress and then actually able to start saving um so it's the, the thing is we we've got we've got specialist lenders that deal with that type of of circumstances so the rates are not great but like you say breathing space it helps you set up and start afresh so yeah the rate might be not be ideal but you won't have to those all those extra payments and in a couple of years time although now advice five year fix as a minimum but you know like I said it, it depends you know it, it's not guaranteed what what will be best for the client so until we've looked at it so I just say right two years time we'll revisit you'll start afresh don't borrow more don't get credit card cleared everything and then you can you know it, and you can tell I mean the clients I've dealt with doing that it is and I keep in touch with them as well so it's it's a lot better because you can see the result. Oh, I've done so well. The same thing, what's up saying? I'm doing so well. I've cleared that credit card. That credit card's cleared. Thank you so much. And it, to me, that that's the best feeling because you know yeah. you've you, you've done something right. It's about also um, doing what you're preaching. And I'm like that. I'm very you know you've known me for a long time. I'm very sensible with my money. Um, I, I don't have credit cards. If I can't afford it, I don't buy it. Um, so it's just a case of like, you know, I'm, that's what I've done. Whatever you're going to do, it's up to you, but you've got to be very strict. And it's not easy, you know, like no, you said, shopping, it makes you feel better. But yeah, sometimes you just go and think, right, do I really need it? Is it a necessity? No. OK, put it back and just don't. don't no, worry. exactly that. And if anyone needs any more advice on any of that, there's a chat like there's a chapter in my book about money management. So you can get that on Amazon. If you just search for um, 10 ways to accelerate your wealth. Um, it's like 14 pound it'd be a good investment I'm I get five star Amazon reviews <laughs> so let's just do a little bit of an extra nugget Jen let's talk about 100% mortgages tell me what's going on okay so a couple of weeks ago no three weeks ago uh, Skipton came out of the woodworks and said right we've got 100% mortgages for first-time buyers so this mortgage basically um, is going to use your your rent as guidance for your affordability it's a brilliant idea well like, I, common sense right done properly and sensibly then yes i'm all for it but the reality of it is it's never going to be that straightforward so it's not the case of saying right i'm going to the bank 100 percent mortgage i've paid my rent for 12 months because it's a 12 months uh, on time rent minimum over 18 um and then let's get a mortgage so there is a few conditions on that so you still need to go for affordability and also, I've got the figures here. So, so it will match your rent. So, if you pay a five hundred pound rent, you can borrow up to eighty one thousand. If you pay a one thousand five hundred monthly rent, you can get up to two hundred forty four thousand. And if you pay a two thousand rent a month, you can get up to three hundred and twenty five thousand. So. Potentially, so it's not guaranteed. It still goes through the normal affordability checks uh, and tests and everything else criteria. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, if done well, I think some of them. Look, if I like a small masonette or a flat in some areas of the southeast, but not a family home. Yeah, I think I think it'd be better suited for those people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're thinking of getting on a 
on a property ladder like a, a you know even a young couple and you've got yeah. you looking to buy and thinking okay we're paying you know 1500 rent let's see if we could borrow um on the 100 percent mortgage i think it's a really good job for a lot of people it doesn't make sense how you know you haven't you can't save enough to buy to get the deposit you end up living back with your parents yeah. buying a save but then you how do you prove affordability because you've not been paying rent and so it just you know from a credit score you've not been having any debts you haven't got a great credit score so I think it's just really good common sense it, it is but you've got to be mindful so uh, put into perspective so it's a five-year fix only right because that mortgage so can you imagine what the rate is going to be I haven't got a rate at hand at the moment but the, if you it's going to be quite expensive it is but if you manage to have a five percent deposit the rate will go down and you'll be paying so let's say with skipton your rate is going to be 5.05 just speculating it's not that but and then if you get a five percent deposit your rate is going to be 4.80 let's yeah. say so it's always worth so it, it it will be good in very um difficult situation where you've got no other options and you know it, it's a good option for you yeah. to look at but if you can just save a little bit more even if, if it's five percent it's always worth looking into as well so also, you still have to pay stamp duty right as well well it depends on the property value so yeah you've got allowed for that as well yeah potentially yeah. Is it, how much is it uh, exempt up to what level it's oh it's 250 was i think oh i'll have to double check that i've got a blank yeah i think it's yeah, 250 I think you're right i think it's 250 yeah it starts at 250 if you're borrowing like the, the 244 like level that you mentioned then that would be all right yeah brilliant great yeah, yeah jen Thank you so much for joining me today, Jen. I'm so You're glad I've got you on. I've had this podcast for almost two years and I don't think you, I don't know how, why you've not been on. And I'd like you to come back on next time. We're going to arrange maybe for two or three weeks time um, to talk about estate planning and wills. Yep. Um, it's a really, really important subject. So um, anything you'd like to leave to, to say before you go today? No, thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it was nice to just uh, put it out there, what's going on, and keep up with the news and letting people know. Yeah, no, really good. Thank you. More than welcome. And um, yeah, so over and out from me. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Um, do leave a review on whatever platform you're using. Do let me know. Message me. And let me know what you thought of our show today and I'll pass on any comments to Jen. Love you to leave a review and please let me know when you've left the review because it doesn't notify me and, and I forget to go look, to be quite frank. Um, but I do always enjoy hearing when people have um, enjoyed the show. So it's over for me and it's over from Jen and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. For further help or to connect with Rebecca directly, please head over to the website www.rebeccarobertson.co.uk where you can find further information on our planner, book and how to further maximise your wealth. Our sponsor, Evolution Financial Planning for regulated advice on pensions, investments, mortgages, insurances on www.evolutionfinancialplanning.co.uk forward slash podcast.